listening to the Mystical City of God in a Year podcast. I'm Father Edward Looney, and throughout the year I'm reading and reflecting on the four volumes, over 2,500-page work by the Venerable Maria of Agreda. If you would like to discuss today's reading, I invite you to go over to Facebook, and there you'll find the Mystical City of God in a Year podcast group, and you'll be able to interact with me and other followers and listeners and discuss what we are reading in this spiritual classic. Now, let us thank God for the life of Venerable Maria. Almighty God, you will that all people know the saving power of Jesus' name. Throughout time, you have sent missionaries to your people who proclaimed the good news. We thank you for sending Sor Maria to the Humano people and planting the seeds of the gospel in their hearts and in our land. She taught them the good news and prepared them for baptism. We look to her example and holy life and wish to be taught by her today. Sor Maria, teach us how to pray and meditate. Teach us how to imitate the virtues of Our Lady. Teach us the mysteries of our faith. Almighty God, stir a flame in our hearts the same missionary fervor of Sor Maria, so we may be as emboldened as she was to proclaim the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen. Today is day number 142, and we are reading from Volume 2, Book 4, Chapter 4, Paragraphs 414 to 417. Instruction vouchsafed by the Heavenly Queen and Lady. 414. My daughter, my object in revealing to thee in this history so many sacraments and secrets, both those which thou hast written and many others, which thou art unable to manifest, is that thou use them as a mirror of my life and as an inviolable rule of action for thy own. All of them should be engraven in the tablets of thy heart, and I recall to thy mind the teachings of eternal life, thereby complying with my duty as thy teacher. Be ready to obey and fulfill all commands as a willing and careful pupil. Let the humble care and watchfulness of my spouse, St. Joseph, his submission to divine direction, and his esteem for heavenly enlightenment served thee as an example. For only because his heart had been well disposed and prepared for the execution of the divine will was he entirely changed and remodeled by the plenitude of grace for the mystery assigned to him by the Most High. Let, therefore, the consciousness of thy faults serve thee as a motive to submit in all humility to the work of God, not as a pretext to withdraw from the performance of that which the Lord desires of thee. 4.15 However, I wish on this occasion to reveal to thee the just reproach and indignation of the Most High against mortals, so that comparing the conduct of other men with the humility and meekness which I exercised toward my spouse, St. Joseph, thou mayst understand it better in divine enlightenment. The cause of this reproach which the Lord and I have to make against men is the inhuman perversity of men in persisting to treat each other with so much want of humility and love. In this they commit three faults which displease the Most High very much and which cause the Almighty and me to withhold many mercies. The first is that men, knowing that they are all children of the same Father in heaven, works of his hands, formed of the same nature, graciously nourished and kept alive by his providence, 
reared at the same table of divine mysteries and sacraments, especially of his own body and blood, nevertheless forget and despise all these advantages, concentrating all their interests upon earthly and trivial affairs, exciting themselves without reason, swelling with indignation, creating discords, quarrels, indulging in detractions and harsh words, sometimes rising up to most wicked and inhuman vengeance or mortal hate of one another. The second is that when through humans' frailty and want of mortification incited by the temptation of the devil, they happen to fall into one of these faults, they do not at once seek to rid themselves of it, nor strive to be again reconciled as should be done by brothers in the presence of a just judge. Thus, they deny him as their merciful father and force him to become the severe and rigid judge of their sins. For no faults excite him sooner to exercise his severity than the sins of revenge and hate. The third offense, which causes his great indignation, is that sometimes when a brother comes in order to be reconciled, he that deems himself offended will not receive him and asks a greater satisfaction than that which he knows would be accepted by the Lord, and which he himself offers as satisfaction to God's majesty. For all of them wish that God, who is most grievously offended, should receive and pardon them, whenever they approach him with humility and contrition, while those that are but dust and ashes ask to be revenged upon their brothers, and will not content themselves with the satisfaction which the Most High himself readily accepts for their own sins. 4.16 Of all the sins which the sons of the church commit, none is more horrible than these in the eyes of the Most High. This thou wilt readily understand by the divine light and in the vigor of God's law, which commands men to pardon their brethren, although they may have offended seventy times seven. And if a brother offend many times every day, as soon as he says that he is sorry for it, the Lord commands us to forgive the offending brothers many times without counting the number. And those that are not willing to forgive, he threatens with severest punishments on account of the scandal which they cause. This can be gathered from the threatening words of God himself. Woe to him from whom scandal comes and through whom scandal is caused. It were better for him if he fell into the depths of the sea with a heavy millstone around his neck. This was said in order to indicate the danger of this sin and the difficulty of obtaining deliverance therefrom, which must be compared to that of a man dropping into the sea with a grinding stone around his neck. It also points out that the punishment is the abyss of eternal pains. Matthew 18.9 Therefore the command of thy most holy Son is good advice to the faithful, that they rather permit their eyes to be torn out and their hands chopped off than allow themselves to fall into the crime of scandalizing the little ones. 4.17 O my dearest daughter, how thou must bewail the wickedness and evils of this sin with tears of blood. That is, the sin which grieves the Holy Ghost, affords proud triumphs to the demons, makes monsters of rational creatures, and wipes out in them the image of the Eternal Father. What thing more unbecoming or hateful and monstrous than to see creatures of the earth, the food of worms and corruption, rise up against one another in pride and arrogance? Thou will not find words strong enough to describe this wickedness in order to persuade mortals to fear it and guard against the wrath of the Lord. But do thou, dearest, preserve thy heart 
from this contagion. Stamp and engrave in it the most useful doctrine for thy guidance. Never think for a moment that in offending thy neighbor or scandalizing him in this way, the guilt can be small, for all these sins are weighty in the sight of God. Place a damper on all the faculties and feelings in order to observe most strictly the rules of charity toward all creatures of the Most High. To me also afford this pleasure, since I wish thee to be most perfect in this virtue. I impose upon thee as my most vigorous precept that thou give offense neither in thought, word, or deed to any of thy neighbors, and that thou prevent any of thy subjects, and as far as thou canst, any other person in thy presence from entering their neighbor. Meditate well on this, as I ask it of thee, my dearest, for it is a doctrine most divine and least understood by mortals. Serve thyself with the only remedy against these passions, namely, with the compelling example of my humility and meekness, the effect of the sincere love not only toward my spouse but toward all the children of the Heavenly Father, for I esteemed them and looked upon them as redeemed and bought for a great price. With true fidelity and ingenuous charity watch over thy religious. The Divine Majesty is offended grievously by anyone who does not fulfill this command expressly inculcated and called a new one by the Son, John 15.12. But he is roused to incomparably greater indignation against religious persecutions who offend against it. Among these, there are many who should distinguish themselves as perfect children of the Father and teacher of this virtue. Nevertheless, they cast it aside and thereby become more odious and detestable in his sight than worldly persons. This concludes our reading today from day number 142. We have been listening to Volume 2, Book 4, Chapter 4, Paragraphs 414 to 417. Today in our reading we hear three things that should challenge us in our life so that we do not do them. The first is that we, knowing that we are children of the same Father in heaven, forget and despise all the advantages of being a child of God, and instead concentrate ourselves upon earthly and trivial affairs. You can have your recreation, but do not have your recreation at the expense of belief and faith in God. Keep your eyes always on the kingdom of heaven. The second, that human frailty and want of mortification cited by the temptation of the devil, when we fall into one of these faults, do not at once seek to rid themselves of it, nor strive to be again reconciled, as should be done by brothers and sisters in the presence of a just judge. So when we become aware that we fall into one of these mindsets or traps from the devil, we choose to remain there rather than trying to get out. And thirdly, sometimes when someone comes to us to be reconciled, we deem that we being offended will not receive him and ask for a greater satisfaction than which that person knows would be accepted by the Lord and which he himself offers as satisfaction of God's majesty. So the third thing that displeases God is when we do not forgive one another. These are three little guides for our life. Lessons from our Heavenly Mother who is teaching us how to be a Christian, who is showing us 
the way to heaven. I'm Father Edward Looney, and throughout the year I'm reading and reflecting on the four volumes of the mystical city of God. I'm grateful you joined me today, and I hope you'll join me again tomorrow. Until then, may God bless you, and Mary pray for you.